Hello everybody, welcome to the Foghorn podcast. This is a podcast where I interview real people about real conversations and it's all about authenticity and humour. In series one, I interview 18 to 24 year olds who share their challenging experiences they went through during their teenage years. They talk about how they overcame these experiences and what would have helped them overcome them more easily. In doing this, I'm hoping to help other teenagers who are going through similar experiences now. I hope you enjoy listening to this podcast and you get value from it as much as I have enjoyed making it. Thank you so much and see you there. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Falcon podcast. And today with us, we have Raisa who studied psychology and legal studies at New York University in Abu Dhabi. And today she is going to share her story about a difficult time in her life when she was suffering from low self-confidence, lack of self-trust, and she explains what helped her and how she got through it, and she offers some advice too. So thank you so much and hope you enjoy it. Hi, Raisa. Thank you so much for joining me on the Foghorn podcast. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you. And what would you like to share with us today? Right. So I hope this is, um, I mean, this might sound a bit all over the place, but I guess it also just encouraged me to do some reflecting on my own teenage years. Sure. Um, yeah. So, I mean, a, a bit about me. I am originally from South Africa, and then I ended up leaving at a young age when I was seven um, to the Netherlands and then Singapore. And so coming from South Africa, it was very like, um, very much like a collectivist kind of society, much tighter culture, I would say. Um, and I think when I then moved to these new environments um, later on in life as well, I think it just became, there were a lot of competing demands in terms of identity and what was expected of me, both from, I would say like a, a familial or home side and then also a peer side as well. Um, and for me specifically, I think, you know, formative, years there's a lot of pressure on finding out who you are and finding out what it is that's important to you or um, what your values are and things like that and I think for a large part of that I really felt like I was attentive to everybody but myself mm -hmm. um, yeah and so if, I, this is kind of linked to what I wanted to share today which was just about this really strange habit that I guess I developed throughout my teen years which was really related to imposter syndrome and worry um, and I think it came from, yeah, a variety of different factors, like I said, from the community I grew up in and, um, and just kind of having, yeah, like a, a lower sense of, of self-efficacy and also wow. South Africa is quite a dangerous place to grow up in as well. So um, you're quite exposed to, I guess, uh, all of these negative incidents that happen from a young age. So just learning to cope with that was probably something. What kind of instances do you mean? Like violence? Oh, yeah, yeah. So South Africa is quite a, I mean, it has one of the highest crime rates um, in the world. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I came from a pretty average middle income neighborhood in South Africa. Um, so it wasn't, of course, there were always other challenges happening to other neighborhoods around us. Um, but I think I was just very 
probably very sensitive to this kind of information and then coupled with that kind of environment might have exacerbated it. And so I think overall, um, that just probably played into, I guess, sensitivities or awareness, which wow. can be great, but when not contained can really wreak havoc. Um, sure, no, it's totally yeah. understandable. How did it affect you then, all of this? Yeah, um, I mean, I think in terms of later on in my teen years, I would say probably just having like a low sense of uh, self-trust, I guess, in your believing in your ability to do things for yourself or really having like such a, I mean, kind of strong mistrust of other people or the world around right, you, I guess. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, it, it can be quite uncomfortable, I guess. But I think it also just relating to what I was saying before about um, the third culture stuff and also mm -hmm. just growing up with different identities, it can feel quite inauthentic at times because you're, um, you know, you're just, I think for me, authenticity, or at least being aligned with having my values and then behaving that way is something that's very important to me. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I just sort of felt like I was an observer for a lot of wow. a lot of those years. Yeah. Can you describe some of the feelings that you had? Yeah, um, I think I felt. I mean, I, I think a lot of people feel this way that you know nobody's going to understand or that you are unique in your experience, which you are very unique in your experience, and that should be respected. But there's also more of a common kind of uh, humanity, I guess, between what everybody wow. else experiences in life too yeah. and um yeah I think for me it, it came from uh, yeah wanting to just make everybody else pretty um happy I guess or just being really attentive to what they wanted but then um also me just being a really hypersensitive observer of where I was and how I was positioned and um, also looking for other role models who seemed to be like me and had the same trajectory as me, um, you know, just to know that whatever I was trying to do was possible. Yeah. Um, things like that. I think, I think it was a very confusing time, but definitely I would say that there were certain experiences in my teen years that I think positioned me very well right now with my interest in um, personal development and psychology and emotional intelligence wow that's, that's it that's interesting yeah. so what happened like how did you get out of this um situation or phase in your life like how did you yeah. what, was there a turning point or did something happen or was it a number of things i i mean i think it, it really was um a number of things i think one thing that was really important to me was um allowing adult voices into my experience, um, not from a condescending way. I think, you know, teens often, I mean, young adults as well, your experience is valuable and your insight is, you know, sure. needed. Definitely. But Definitely. I think, yeah. Um, but I think having an adult voice in that mix, it's kind of like when, um, I mean, I had the same worry habit when I was a child, you know, with irrational worries and you really feel so strongly that what you're thinking is the truth. But when you allow somebody else in with a little more experience, I guess, um, there is some challenge then to those statements of this is how it's always going to be or it's never going to change. Or sure. things and, like that. and how did you, so, so you listened to somebody more experienced, so you had to trust them, but then you were having problems with your trust. 
how yeah. did you how did you deal with that that must have been quite yeah so definitely um I think in the beginning for me it so I was really lucky in the sense that I got to take uh so I was enrolled in the IB program in high school and so one of the subject offerings they had was psychology oh, wow. so yeah so absolutely I I would definitely say that being able to take psychology at such an in-depth level for two years when I was 15, 16, um, was absolutely transformative in my ability to deal with all. That's, I think, why I get so excited when I hear you talking about the programs that you do or other, you know, coaches here. Yeah, it's, it's, I still remember some of those lessons as being some of the most, that was my first, probably the introduction that I had to what are your thoughts? How do you manage them? And then it was also just so interesting to I guess, learn about mental health disorders in general, how culture can influence your, um, your emotional health, things like that. So that was like the transition point that I guess prompted me into a bit more of this. Um, And then, yeah, a lot of it was uh, talking to other adults or like maybe one or two, I wouldn't say I spoke to a lot of adults about it. and then change as well, because after graduating, you know, things inevitably do change. Your friends might go to different countries. You might go to somewhere else to study as well, to pursue whatever it is that you want to pursue. And so inevitably, I guess your environment ends up changing. And for some people that can be like a really uh, nice breath of fresh air. Wow. But it's amazing that I guess the first step, so educating yourself, that's actually, yeah. I wasn't expecting you to say that, but actually, yeah, that really makes sense, actually. Because once you, can, yeah. you start to begin to understand that you're not the only one who's had these feelings, I guess. Exactly. Once you feel alone, that, that stops you from feeling alone. Yeah, being educated. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. No, that's really, that's really good. Um, so what would you have liked your teachers or parents to have known or maybe have done at that time was there yeah. anything they could have done or said or you know I I remember once when I think I was um still pretty young and I was you know probably finding it really overwhelming to to deal with everything on my own and um I didn't want to worry my parents at all so I actually didn't oh. share much of this with them oh, and yeah. so um I think that's probably where where I keep giving the advice of allowing someone else's voice to come in. And I walked into our school counselor's office actually, but she wasn't there. And so I ended up leaving before she ever came. But my like 14 year old reasoning kind of was, oh, if I went to see her, she would probably tell my mom who also worked in the same school that I went to see her. And I think I didn't understand the concepts of privacy or confidentiality at that time. And, you know, there's, always this um I only really understood it later on when I went to when I grew up and when I went a bit more to university that this is how it works um and you know this is I mean myself as a peer counselor when I was working with students at university as well that's like one of the first things that you share that you know whatever you say will stay here and um, it's only if you're really at harm to yourself or other people then it would be shared but I think having a bit more of those technicalities explained to me would have been so useful because we're always encouraging teenagers and young adults um, or just younger children to reach out for help. Um, but I think that that's a really important detail that got lost when I was um, younger that I wish I would have known because it, I might have went back 
That's such an important detail, actually, isn't it? Because yeah. that could stop a lot of people opening up because, yeah, like you said, fear of maybe they don't want their parents to know, they don't want to worry them or so many exactly. things. Yeah, exactly. no, that's a, that's a really good point to, um, to mention. And what's your, how are you different now then? Like, what do you do differently in your life now compared to those years? Like, I guess you're, it sounds like you're more open. Yeah. Yeah, I think definitely um, that was something that, that always has helped me through, throughout, which was, one, having a really stable, I guess, friend group. So, um, I mean, never really, even as a teenager, I always felt so grateful for the friends that I had. I mean, it was not, it wasn't a huge group of friends, but I had a few friends that I think are still some of my closest friends today. And really all you need is like one trusted person to be able to share things with um, that can have that positive effect. And so for me, it was also, um, I think really as I went to university, I started speaking to uh, people who are older than me as well. My brother was also someone who was pretty influential in, in my life, just because I think that was probably one of the voices that I did let in at a pretty uh, early age, you know, to be able to challenge some of the thoughts that I was having. Um, yeah, so really to develop, I guess, this uh, a support network um, of people who genuinely care about you and who really know you. Um, I think that can be quite useful, quite useful. And, and even now, I mean, I still find myself turning towards, um, you know, a trusted professor or uh, somebody who is a mentor to me to, to ask about their advice or sharing things, I think, just really lessens the, the burden of sure. your emotional worries. Sure. Um, because it becomes yeah. so big as well. If you just think about something for such a long time, it just becomes yes. so big and it can just completely take over your whole exactly. world. It can, yeah, it can really do that. And then I think the, the second thing that I would say is also the psychoeducation that I had before uh, when I was uh, you know, going through my psychology courses and stuff, even in high school, um, I think you really learn a lot about emotional discipline, which is something that is very interesting to me. I think that sounds like quite a strict concept or something that, but when you think about it, really, um, it's all about identifying or being really aware of your triggers, of your thoughts, of mm. um, like you were explaining before, the whole concept of self-awareness, just understanding how to manage it. How do you set boundaries? How do you react when other people set boundaries with you? These sorts of details. I think that forms the basis of emotional discipline, of um, understanding, yeah, how how you how you go about your day to day. And so, sure. for me, um, that was probably a large part of of helping me combat this like worry habit growing yeah, up. And, yeah. yeah. And this question is kind of similar, but so what message or advice? for young people or teens going through similar situations, would you give them now? Yeah. I mean, that's a great, that's a great question because I often think about what would have helped me. Um, something that I think I, I mean, that's useful for me even now, I think it's useful for, it could be useful always actually, is that my friends and I always used to talk about this during, you know, tough times that where when you have those statements that are, quite extreme like this is how it's always going to be for me or this is how I will always feel it's really important to remember that your evidence box isn't filled like it's not finished yet it's not complete and that's something that I have to remind myself now too because 
I think growing up when you have those kinds of statements, you've only had a certain amount of experience. And so you're relying on the experience that you have that might be informing those statements now, but you really need to remember that you have a whole life ahead of you to get new positive evidence into your toolbox that you can then refer to later on that will reshape those statements and reshape the way that you you think about how your life is going to go so even now sometimes I have to remind myself I mean um, I think anybody can remind themselves to be honest that you know your your evidence toolbox it's not yet full wow that's a really interesting way to look at it yeah and I know you work with um, you're with a group aren't you yourself do you like if a teen was going through something could you offer anything as well yeah um you do again yeah. Yes. Yeah, so right now I, uh, so the team that I work with mind tales is really trying to leverage digital interventions in the region for wellness support. Um, and so I think that, I mean, this would offer probably a great opportunity to others who want to learn more about psychology. So something we're developing is digital therapy courses, um, that will then be available for downloading from the app store. They're very interactive. They're quite personalized as well. So they're tailored very much to your own experience, your thoughts. Um, and our very first one is on cognitive behavioral therapy. So that's that really CBT, which is, yeah, the, yeah. the very first step to understanding your thoughts. And how could they contact you if anybody was interested? Um, yeah, so definitely feel free to follow the Instagram page of MindTales. So our handle is at MindTalesOfficial. Um, but also I'm more than happy to, uh, to be reached out to on LinkedIn as well. Um, just my name, Raisa Omar. Brilliant. Brilliant. And is there anything else you'd like to say before we finish? Um, probably just to thank you. (laughs) Thank you for this platform. Thank you for your time and for all of the work that you do as well. Um, yeah. No, thank you so much, Raisa. And I'm sure Um, even if we help one teen out there who's feeling lonely and lost, it's been great. And I think you've said some really valuable things. So thank you so much. I look forward to working with you soon. Yes. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to the Foghorn podcast. If you have got any value from this, please can you follow me on Spotify and give me a great rating on Apple. Thank you so much and see you on the next episode.